my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And today, Maureen J. St. Germain is back visiting us on the high road. And if you don't know about Maureen, I'm going to read you a little bit about her because today we're going to talk about the Akashic Records, okay? So a lot of people know this about, uh, you may have heard of the Book of Life or the Tree of Life or um, something along those lines. And that's what the Akashic Records are. And we all have one. So we're going to talk about that today. And it's going to be a really interesting show. So make sure you share this with your friends. So sit back and relax. I'm going to read a little bit about Maureen J. St. Germain. Now, Maureen has over 25 years of experience in the area of mystical and sacred traditions. She's known as the practical mystic. Maureen is a prolific teacher and a facilitator of spiritual knowledge for contemporary life. As a clear channel from source, she is continuously researching, developing, and introducing new methods that will help you connect with your own wisdom channel. See, I think this is really cool, you guys, and inspire your spiritual awakening. Maureen has personal connections with the angels, ascended masters, Hathors, divine feminine, and the dragons. A lifelong interest in the Akashic Records resulted in her being granted access to this dimension that has been off limits to most of humanity for millions of years. She's a founder of Akashic Records International. Maureen is an extremely accurate Akashic Records guide and instructor. Maureen, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thanks. Thank you. I love this book, Opening the Akashic Records. And I told Maureen before we started, and I'm going to tell the audience, Maureen, I want to know why you did this, but I'll tell you, I'm glad you did it because I've always wanted to learn how to do this. So you won a couple awards for this book, yes? Yeah, I did. I won an award for it being the best book in contemporary spirituality for this year. Congratulations. And then, surprise, surprise, I won the award for uh, the book of the year. So out of all the books that were in the competition, and there were there were quite a few, my book wow. was voted number one. Wow. Well, yeah. I am thrilled yeah. to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And this just happened, you know, a couple of days ago. So we're still, I haven't got it framed or anything. I just got it in the mail. So wow. we're excited. That's, that is so awesome. Well, you did a really good job. Tell the audience what the Akashic Records are, why or how you got access to the Akashic Records, because this is a really interesting subject. So take it away, please. Um, the Akashic Records are uh, the body of knowledge that represents everything you've ever done in, in all your lifetimes. It can also have potentials and contracts that you may have put in place and set in motion. It does not exist here, although everything you're doing in this lifetime can be found in your DNA if you, if you want to be technical about it. Okay. But this body of knowledge is located in the uh, 11th dimension. And accessing it is very easy because we've been given permission or a dispensation to get into the Akashic Records because we're at the end of an era. 
And so the opportunity for everyone to learn this is very high. And, and my particular lineage is sponsored by the Ascended Masters. So if you work with the Ascended Masters or you have affinity for them, this is the lineage you want to study. Okay. Now, what does Akashic mean for people who don't know? Um, it's Sanskrit, and it, it has a number of meanings, but the word Akash stands for sky or ether. Okay. And so okay. it really means, it could mean, uh, Akash could mean anything that's not 3D or worldly. And then the records would be like a body of knowledge or a, a, a library. Mm-hmm. But the records themselves are, are a living field. So right. if you and I were to go to them, we wouldn't be permitted inside. But if we could sneak inside, we would find it's like a wave pool. It has it's like a, energy. It has a it's energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's living field. And the reason why you and I wouldn't be allowed inside the records right. is think of that old movie, Back to the Future, when um, Michael J. Fox was holding a picture of his, him with his family. Right. And his mom's trying to put the make on him and his face starts to disappear off the picture. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. you say in the book, there's keepers of the gates, and we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about this, because everybody has an Akashic record. Everybody can access the records. But you say in the book back in 2004 is when you were able to access, you were given permission. Is that so everybody was given permission who, what, had the heightened awareness that they could? Or, or give me a little synopsis on that. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I wasn't looking to do that work. I mean, I was committed to do spiritual work and to help people be the best they could be. So I was right. I was in alignment for that. But I received a message. I was waiting in the car while my host for the workshops I was doing had to run an errand. And I said, I don't want to go in. I'm just going to hang out here and take a, a quick nap. And she said, no problem. So when I started to wake up at the end of my little 10-minute power nap, before she even came back, I received a very clear message that a certain astrologer had a message for me. Oh. And that message was in the same city. <laughs> so I called her and left a message for her. And when she called me back, I said, so you're going to open my um, chart and update my chart. And she said, no, first of all, you have to understand I don't do messages. I don't do messages for people. I do have a communication with my own guides, but I don't do this sort of thing for anybody else. Okay. And I said, I, I, I understand, but this is what I was told. And she said, I know. I asked and I asked if I should open and, you know, you know, update your chart. And I was told, no, we have a message for her. And it was the exact same language that I was given. Oh, wow. And then they proceeded to tell her a number of things. And one of them was that I was being given access to, um, I was being, access, being given access to a body of knowledge, uh, a dimension that had been closed to humanity for eons. And, um, you know, at first I had no idea what they were talking about. And then as I began working in the records, I recognized, oh yeah, this was it. And then what's really kind of funny, and again, this is my style, you know, I want to make fun of myself here. Um, I thought, you know, I wonder, am I the only one? And the answer was no. Right. That's they, what I'm wondering. I like, was everybody given access at the same time or what happened? Said, no, but you will be a way shower. Ah, okay. So, okay. That so, makes sense. Um, you know, I kind of help open up the gates or open up the, the, the route. So to right. Speak. Right. Yeah. Well, and you talk about, um, 
you teach us in the book, and I love this too, because you talk about how to access your higher self, which something we should all learn to do, but that's different from accessing the Akashic Records because in the Akashic Records, you're invoking the ascended masters and you, there's a prayer you say before you do it. I mean, this is serious business, right? Yes. Well, let's talk about the higher self connection because I teach that in every one of my books. And the reason that I cover it in every one of my books is because I have found that that's the number one thing that, that will help people be their best self. You know, if you, if you, um, if you take a moment and think about some of the decisions you've made in your life, there may be times that you didn't have good evidence to, t- to make the decision that you wish you could have made. Okay. And, you know, I wouldn't be with my husband if I had followed my own personality. You know, there were some big things that I didn't like about this person, but my higher self said he was the person I was to be with. And, so I, I allowed that to unfold and I kept checking in and I kept asking. So the higher self connection is the version of you that's fully plugged into God. So we have, we have our own consciousness here in the human body. Right. And then we have an aspect of ourselves that's fully plugged into God and it's available to us, but it's a one way door and we have to open it. We have to turn it on. And when we do, we leave that door open all the time by asking those 30 or 40 questions every day. Mm-hmm. What happens is the door stays propped open. And then after the 45 day practice period, the higher self starts coming in and telling us stuff that we need to know that we didn't know we needed to know. Right. And that's really cool. Well, and I wonder, I, you know, I've always uh, meditated and asked God and got the answers, but maybe they're coming from my higher self. Oh, I'm sure they are. Right. And that's what makes me think that when I, when we talk about this. So I, that's kind of an interesting deal there. You froze there for a second. I think I lost you, Maureen, for a second. I guess our internet connection is not it's as not. good as it should be here today. <laughs> but listen, when we, we're getting ready to go to a commercial break. But when we come back, I want to talk about um, accessing our records and tapping into our past lives because I think this is really interesting. Hey, you guys, we're here today with Maureen Jane St. Germain. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding up her book. It's an award-winning book, you guys, called Opening the Akashic Records, Meet Your Record Keepers and Discover Your Soul's Purpose. And you guys can get this on our website, which is Maureen saintgermain.com so that's m-a-u-r-e-e-n saint s-t germain g-e-r-m-a-i-n.com this is nancy you're out and we'll be right back hang on we have more stories to tell on high road to humanity check out nancy's website nancyyearout.com to book a session with nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. 
This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with Compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hi, it's Nancy Yearout, and we're here today with Maureen St. Germain. And Maureen, you know, we're talking about the Akashic Records. We're talking about accessing um, our higher self. And I love how you say in the book um, that we do this. This is a practice that you tell people to do for 45 days to start out with and just ask simple questions, nothing that's really important, Um, you know, just very simple things. And you have to specifically say, and this is hard to do because I've already caught myself, you have to say, higher self, um, you know, what's my afternoon going to be like, or or whatever the question may be, because you have to direct it directly to your higher self. Can you talk about that? Yeah, not only that, but well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the story. You know, when I, when my kids were um, younger and home, okay. if I could hear them in the kitchen and I wanted a glass of water, if I just said, could someone bring me a glass of water, you know what would happen. Nothing. So we, in my own case, one time I actually asked my higher self something, but I didn't specify. And I got the answer. And then later when I came home and I was really mad because it didn't work out, and I went to the, um, my meditation room and I said, you know, what the heck? Um, <laughs> I'm not afraid to challenge it. Mm-hmm. They said to me, my guide said to me, um, you never asked your higher self. And I said, yes, I did. Blah, blah, blah. And they said, oh, no, you asked and expected the answer to come from your higher self, but you didn't specify higher self. Right. So the practice of asking isn't just um, asking and and presuming your higher self will answer because we both know you know you can ask a question in in in, in a crowded room and who knows in, who's in your space with you besides right you. there could be other entities hanging out mm-hmm. it could also be your own personality or your ego or your desire body you know in my case it was my desire body that answered the question because that's what i thought was appropriate and at our level, it was the right answer, but it wasn't the highest and best use of my time. I so, um, and the other thing is we ask, you're right. We ask simple questions, but we also ask about stuff we're going to do. So you don't ask what somebody else is going to do. You don't ask about the weather. You ask about yourself. So if you're looking outside and you think it might rain, you might ask, is it in my highest and best, higher stuff? Is it my highest and best good to take an umbrella? You might be told no. Now, the fun thing is, once you ask, you're supposed to follow through. You got to go so with you it. without an umbrella. Yeah. No rain yeah. on you. But as soon as you get back in your home, boom, the rain starts. And that's the best part, to see that in hindsight. So you're not supposed to keep score either. You know, that's tricky because we often want to see, well, did it work? You know, and the answer is 
45 days are supposed to be playful and do it for fun. You know, okay. right. one time a woman came to class with, um, I tell this story all the time. I hope I'm not boring anyone. No, no, but no. Tough. Came to class with a very strange combination of, of jewelry and clothing. And you know how we women look each other over and we, you know, oh, I like that outfit, you know, and you kind yeah. of think you just wonder where she got it. Yeah. Sometimes we even ask out loud. So she noticed the woman giving her that look and she pointed her fingers, just don't even ask. My higher self dressed me today. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. super funny. But you have to be willing to play. You know, if you're not willing to, you know, wear the purple shoes with the white dress, then don't ask. Just put on whatever you want. And that's the trick. If you know you won't do something, don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's okay. very interesting. I had a, a student in China who um, came to class one morning after um, the buffet breakfast. And she said, why would my higher self lie to me? And I said, well, you know, let's, let's get a little more information here. What's going on? And she said, well, I, I'm a vegan. You know, she has such, such a passion about it, right? Right. And um, I asked my higher self if I should have meat today. And my higher self said, yes. Oh. And I started to laugh. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you broke a couple of the rules. Number one, you're not willing to have meat if your higher self tells you to do it. So your higher self played a joke on you. Right. And number two, um, you're not supposed to ask important questions. And that's certainly important to you. For somebody who might be willing to have a vegetarian breakfast or a meat breakfast, they could ask that question and it wouldn't be a problem. They might right. be told no meat. Right. But for, because you did that, you were testing. And testing is not permitted during the practice period because what you're doing is building up familiarity. That's all. Okay. And the okay. results show themselves in in hindsight, basically. So after the practice period of 45 days, then you can ask some serious questions if you want to. Yeah, and you can ask open-ended questions too at that point. Okay. Okay. So the whole point is you develop a signal for yes and no and neutral. Right. And then you use that information to practice and get clear. And a lot of people have absolutely no trouble when I, when I take them through a guided meditation and say, okay, here's, ask your higher self for your signal for yes, ask your higher self for a signal for no, like that. Right. Once in a while, a few people have trouble because they're in their heads, you know, they're very mental, they're very good control in their mind. But those people might get a signal, but it's so faint, they don't like it. And they, right. they say, well, I didn't get anything. And I'll say, well, are you sure you didn't get anything? And a lot of times, well, you know, um, my eye twitched, but it was so faint, I, was, I wasn't sure. And, and of course- But that signs. was it. But that was their that sign. Was it. That was it. And there's well, a great- yeah. And I want to talk to you about that because you talk about, so I was accessing my Akashic records. I'll be the pupil here and tell you how I did this. And you say this in the book that you'll know when you're accessing the records and you guys, you have to follow along. You, you have to get this book because you have to say the prayer and you have to um, invoke the ascended masters to assist you in this process. So I did this and as I was doing this, I felt a tingling at the top, at the crown of my head. And it was a definite tingling. I mean, it was enough that I knew, you know, and you say you'll know, but when you do it, you're like, like you said, you're kind of like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely got a tingle at the top of my head. Yeah. And not only that, but I list a lot of markers in the yeah, book. Yeah. And I, I call that what you just described a marker. That means that you're going to have that tingle pretty regularly. So then you can call it a marker that, you know, it's like looking at your phone and saying, I got three bars or five bars. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's other markers. 
Well, I have another question <laughs> since I've got your full attention here this morning. Yeah, why not? Hey, um, so every night I sit down to have dinner with my husband and it seems like every night and I've had shorts on cause it's hot in Texas and um, I get a tingling, like somebody's touching my foot. Somebody keeps touching my foot or touching my ankle, touching my foot, touching my ankle. And it's happening every night. And I'm thinking, this is my dad. He's got to be telling me he's here because I'm not accessing the records and I'm not asking for anything. I'm just sitting there. I'm not doing anything. And I don't feel like it's a bad vibe or a bad entity in my house or anything. I just keep thinking, that's my dad telling me he's here. What do you think? I think if that's what you get when you, when it happens, it's probably true. Go in what you want to do then is say, okay. Um, I know you're here, dad. Um, what do you want? Or what do you want to tell me? And I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you get anything? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. But I just thought I'd mention it because it keeps happening every night and it's like crazy. And then, you know, you talk about this. You might announce it, you know, say to your husband, well, my dad's having dinner with us again. Yeah. Cause I have said something to him. I'm like, I think my dad's here cause he keeps touching my foot. And I used to do that when I was a little kid, you know, you know how you're in bed and your parent comes and they grab your toe and they say, good night. My dad used to do that. So I'm like, that's my, that's why he's doing this. So that I know it's him. Anyway, I thought that was cool. <laughs> very cool. And it's very sweet. And you could go in the records and invite him to communicate with you at that level. Okay. And then you can, you know, do some writing and get some answers maybe. Okay. Well, let's talk about the book of life, the Akashic Records. You know, Edgar Casey did not believe in reincarnation until he kept getting all this information and then, and then he believed. Is that right? Yes. What happened to him is he did a life reading. He did a number of life readings on himself over the years. Right. And uh, initially he, as a very devout Christian, and back in the day, that wasn't even considered part of a normal Christian belief. So, um, you know, he just didn't consider that as a possibility. But then when he was told in the records, and you got to understand Casey, when he would go into the trance state, he, he lost his um, personality awareness. So there wasn't like reasoning any, or where he was. He was a channel. You know, he okay. really was a pure, they call it a, a, a trance channel because his body's in a trance and he's speaking, you know, without being registering in his mind okay he doesn't know what's said until after it comes out okay and and the thing the whole thing i mean he really was a reluctant mystic in my mind because when he started out he um he didn't uh he he was a a photography and and um somewhere along the line he had uh an accident or an injury and he was like laying on the ground and somebody came along to try and help him. And he started to tell them some kind of remedies for what was ever wrong with the person that was helping him. Oh. And this happened a couple of times. And he connected with a man who was uh, newly uh, interested in hypnotherapy, because that's about the era that hypnotherapy came on the scene. Okay. And this man um, was very interested and talked to, to him and he still kind of pushed it all away. But then he lost his voice for over a year. Wow. And he couldn't be a salesman. He had to give up his store. And um, the hypnotherapist came to him and said, look, you know, let's try hypnotherapy and see if we can't figure out what's wrong with you. Okay. So you can get your voice back. I didn't know this. 
yeah. And so he got his voice back. In the session, he actually spoke, even though he couldn't speak in 3D, he could speak here. Right. He was told what to do in the session and did it. And when he came out, he had his voice back. Wow. And um, he was also given very clear instructions that this is something that he had agreed to do before he came. And then it was his mission and blah, blah, blah. So then he began to do this work. And he had the wisdom to bring on a recording secretary. So every one of his sessions has been recorded right. and are available right. for anybody who's a member of the ARE, right. which is the Association for Research right. and Enlightenment. I'm a member. <laughs> and you can go online, you guys, and you can find out. You can. It's exactly what Maureen's saying. You go online and you see all these um, different conversations he's had, and you can search and you can check them all out. It's really interesting. It is interesting, and it's also a great resource if you have health issues that you haven't been able to solve because you can look up what he recommended for various diseases oh, or whatever. Got it. And um, yeah, very powerful. Okay. And so the, one of the things that happened is he was asked, where are you getting this information from? And he said um, that it was coming from the book of life and the person's um, soul. And so then he was asked, what is the book of life? And, um, or actually it was the other way around. He was, he said it came from the Akashic records and the person's soul. And then when they said, well, what is the Akashic records? He said, it's the book of life as mentioned in the old Testament. And then he make, made a reference to that biblical quote of the book of life and it mentioned a number of times in the old Testament. So it's a very, um, it's like down to earth stuff that we right. have right under our noses that we haven't paid attention to. I know this is so exciting. Hey, you guys, we're getting ready to go to commercial break again, but we're here today with Maureen J. St. Germain. This is her book. If you're watching me on YouTube, it's the opening, the Akashic records, meet your record keepers and discover your soul's purpose. And that's a really good reason that you should open your records. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Nancy Yerout. This is High Road to Humanity. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparkingwholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. 
Hi, it's Nancy Europe, and we're back here with Maureen J. St. Germain. Maureen, a lot of people say, why open the records? But it's, it's a lot of people want to know why they're here. Yes? Well, the primary reason to open the records is it's for soul growth. Okay. And the reason the dispensation was given is because we're at the end of an era. We're at the end of the Kali Yuga, and we're getting ready to become, you know, I'll call them transformational humans, you know, where all this craziness around us isn't there anymore. Right. And we need to clear out a bunch of junk. We need to clear out our past um, mistakes. You know, it's, it's very common. You know, they call it a definition of insanity when you expect the same result when you do the same thing. When you over and over. Okay. Over. Right. Yeah. So people reincarnate, you know, maybe they drowned and then they come back and they own a boat and they're in the water, you know, they're wearing a life jacket and they're afraid. But they still have a boat. They still somehow are connected that way. And they want to have the experience of not drowning and dying, you know. So with the record keepers, um, what the access to the record says is it helps a person make better decisions. One of the things that I learned as a mystic is that we have five possible choices every time we make a decision. Two that are below grade, two that are above grade. And the, the last one would be like the highest and best choice that moves us the fastest, you know, puts us on that fast track. Okay. to our perfect self, our ascended self. Okay. So what happens when you have access to the records, you get to learn about a situation and see it from a whole different vantage point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. A man called into a radio show one time and asked the record keepers why his um, adult daughter, she maybe was 18 or 20, something like that, living on her own, was so obnoxious to him because he knew he'd been a good father and she, she'd always had this, you know, energy towards him. And he figured by the time she got an adult, she'd step out, you know, mm-hmm. step out of it. Right. And she hadn't. And he was quite concerned because he didn't think he deserved it. And, um, you know, he defined himself as a meditator and a teacher of spiritual things. And the record keeper said to him through me, you and your daughter were adversaries at another lifetime. Uh-huh. You went on and developed spiritual mastery. She did not. When you came in in this lifetime, you agreed to sponsor her and to help her get caught up. Okay. And you can expect her to treat you as her adversary because that's how she sees you. And the only thing you can do, and it is the optimal thing for you to do, is to love her anyway. That means you send presents at Christmas time if you normally would do that. You um, send a text or a phone call just to say happy birthday, whatever you would normally do. Right. But you know, as a parent, you want to do for this daughter of yours. And you ignore all the BS that's coming your way. You just flat out ignore it, knowing that she's acting out an old paradigm that you're going to help her step out of. I see. By and we do this. Yeah. And we, we make these promises before we come here. And so this kind of puts us like back on track, doesn't it? So, you know, we're doing the thing we're supposed to be doing. Not only that, but one of the things people don't realize is if you're in a contract that you can't honor, you just can't, you know, you're in a bad situation and you agreed to do something and you realize. Can't do it. Can't do it. This guy's pushing my buttons. I, I just can't stay with this person. You know, you can, you can have a ceremony and step out of it, you know, and, and the record keepers allow it. Everything's allowed nowadays. The, the thing that's not allowed is just to act without ownership. Right. So, for example, 
Um, I tell people, don't, don't apologize to me. I don't want to hear any apologies. I don't like apologies. Um, just, just own it. You know, like if I'm walking down a aisle on an airplane and a man's foot is out and I trip, I don't need him to say, oh, I'm sorry. I'd much rather him say, are you okay? Right. Because that's ownership. I see. He's taking ownership for what happened. Right. Exactly. Listen, I want to talk about the ascended masters and the people that, um, are in charge of the records. There is the great divine director, which you say is the overseer of life on earth. There is, and and if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, tell me, is it Sanat Kumare? Sanat Kumara. Mm -hmm. Sanat Kumari. Okay. And uh, the Japanese believe that he actually came here in a spaceship from Venus a long time ago. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, to discover that. And and they yeah. have a monument to him in yeah. a place called Mount Kurama, which is slightly different than Kumara. Yeah. Interesting. And I thought that was really cool. And then there's the goddess of liberty, which is like the statue of our liberty in New York. And she's an icon in Greek mythology known as uh, Demeter and represented the concept of individual freedom and liberties. I like that. That's really cool. So, you know, if people misunderstand this idea of freedom and liberty. They think it's all about politics and it's not. Right. It's about stepping into your power and owning your power. You know, we, we, especially women need to understand that we don't need to operate the way men do. We need to be authentic in who we are. Right. And that's not easy to do. You know, um, so much of our conditioning has been, to operate a certain way in in these social structures. And when you're authentically connected, when something happens that you're not happy about, you're able to say, I was disappointed, I was hurt, but I I still love you. I just want you to know that this was a problem for me and hopefully you'll be different next time. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. That's true. And I think it is stepping into your own power. You're exactly right. And a lot of times um, we don't say anything because we don't want to rock the boat, but we have to be who we are, you know, and I think that's great. That's good advice. You know, Lord Metatron is the overseer of the Akashic Record Keepers, and he holds the Divine Matrix. I found this really fascinating. And he's also the overseer of the angelic realm, and he sits at the right hand of God. So when you go in, and I just want to ask you this. I know you say to go in, you ask permission from all these different um, overseers of the records to go into your records. And then it's really important. You ask permission, you say your prayer, and you listen to what they say. But it's really important that you close your records. Can you talk about that? Yes. Well, um, I like to tell people that having the masters who are part of the Akashic Records overseeing your work is like an insurance policy. You know, you've got the, 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 the um, you know, it's like um, writing a book and having Jack Canfield help you through it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I it's like a, that. A, you know, a great opportunity to have the experts right there. They've got your back. And that, that's a little insurance policy that absolutely improves everyone's connection. Right. Secondly, the reason we close the records is because when, when we go to the library of all that is and we access data, that's so that we can live our life and make human choices because we're here in a human body having human experiences. Right. 
the records are like our research area. So you don't want to be trying to live your life while you're hanging out in the research area because it's, it doesn't, it's, it's like a disconnect. It, it doesn't compute. You, you can't live your life if you're constantly trying to access the records. Well, what will happen if I do this? What will happen if you do this? That's why you have your higher self connection. So you act actions every day. You can, you know, instantly access what's in my highest and best good. But what I have found is that the, the um, privilege of getting into the records is so big that we close the records so we don't dilute it with our energy, constantly bombarding it, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, it feels to me like it's disrespectful if we try to keep it open all the time, as if we can't make decisions like we're supposed to. Yeah. Well, and I want to ask you a question. So, and the audience is probably thinking this too. So what's the difference between me asking my higher self and asking the ascended masters? What's the difference? When you ask your higher self, you are asking a version of you that is connected to God. So you will be able to feel and sense what I would call the God choice, the ideal choice. Right. You ask the record keepers, you're asking for advice. So the difference is the, um, the higher self is very proactive about what you're doing right now, what's going on right now, and can come in and tell you stuff. Your um, guides are more like your board of directors who are going to help you formulate ideas and understand the big picture about something. Because very often, okay. our, our focus is so narrow that we don't realize there's a much bigger picture. piece here. Right. Yeah. Like in the, the father and the daughter, like you talked about. And then once he knew the deal, then he, it changed his perception and he felt better about helping her. And he wasn't so angry. Right. Not only that, but the record keeper yeah. then said to him, you know, it's going to take a couple of years. So you need patience too. Right. Because, you know, as a parent, when you know your, your son or daughter is, is, you know, mad at you for whatever reason, you know, they've decided you're the enemy. It's, it's tough because you want your kids to love you because you love them. And if you have an idea that this is going to end at a certain point, if I play my cards right, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will tell you that um, uh, one of my sons, I had this issue with myself and um, I had just written a check for his tuition that semester. He typically did not respond when I would send him a check to cover his tuition. And the very next day I got fired from my high paying corporate job. Oh, wow. And I had no money in the bank because I had taken it all to give to him. Yeah. And, um, I remember ruminating, uh, in a very frightened way, you know, and I said out loud, I wonder when he's going to start to appreciate me. And I heard the answer in my head when he's 28. Well, that made me burst out laughing. Because I'm thinking, 28, I'm thinking like tomorrow or next week. I don't want to feel guilty about not taking care of myself. Like, you know, a lot a lot right. of moms do that. You know, right, right. you know, you learn an airplane, put your own air bass airman on first. On. Right. Exactly. You know, a lot of, you know, as a mother, you tend to put your yourself second because you don't know what's going to happen with your child. You try to make, do everything you can to save it. Right. So um, the interesting thing is once I burst out laughing, I broke that spell that I had in my head that he needed to come around. Right. So there was like a little expectation. Well, it was almost like a hurdle that he had to jump over. Right. And when I dropped the hurdle and said, okay, fine, whatever. 
and I continued to be loving and supportive. It didn't take till he was 28. He got it a which little is bit Yeah. Hey, listen, we got to go to commercial break. I love talking to you, Maureen. I learn so much from you every time you come on the show. Hey, you guys, we're here today with Maureen Jane St. Germain, and she's got a wonderful book. Get this book. It's called Opening the Akashic Records. And she also teaches us how to connect with our higher self. And so this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website at nancyyearout.com to sign up for her online classes or to book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better, to create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up. The universe is speaking to you. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and this is High Road to Humanity. And we're talking with Maureen St. Germain today, and we're talking about how to access our higher selves and how to access the Akashic Records so we can find a little bit of information. We can go back and check out our past lives. I think that's really interesting. Um, I've had somebody do this for me and read my records. Maureen, do you do this for people? What if somebody wants you to read their records? How do they get in touch with you? They can go to my 
the website, Maureen St. Germain, okay. um, and click on the link for Akashic Records, and um, they can have me do a, a session for them. I also have people trained with me. We have a couple of people on, on hiatus right now, so the, there's a few people, but we have a lot of new members coming on, and um, it's a wonderful opportunity to get trained by somebody who is trained by me if you yeah. decide you want to have a session and, and you have a budget or something, you know. Well, no, I think that's great. And you say practice, practice, practice. I love that. And that's something that, that we all need to do. Now, I want to talk um, a little bit on this last session um, about karma. And I want to talk about judgment. And you had some really cool stuff in your book at the end where you talk about Mary Magdalene and Jesus and time. These, there's so much I want to know. So question, when you talk about karma and you say there's no more karma, and I understand where this is coming from because we have to not judge anybody or what mission they're on because you have no idea what their deal is. But there is a, there are consequences for the actions that people take. So tell me the difference between the karma and like, say, for example, you shoot somebody, you know, there are going to be repercussions for that. You are possibly going to go, you know, to prison for something like that. What is the difference? I need to understand this. Talk to me about the karma. Well, you know, I, I was first told this in 1994. Right. And I was pretty stunned myself because right. I, I really couldn't wrap my brain around it. But I was told by my guides, this was it. Right. And I think I was one of the first, I was the first teacher who ever said that out loud. And, and I, took some, I took some bullets over it, if you know well, what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I, you know, it's taken me a long time to really get my arms around it when I want to say a couple of things. So, number one, the people who are doing those big crimes, yeah. they're, they're not playing by the same rules we are we're playing in a different game and there is a separation that's occurring very gentle slow separation where the game of goodwill and high expectations doesn't need karma but the the game of you know keeping score and being hurtful to one another that does need rules so we're literally separating out from that those makes sense rules. okay thank you okay that's the first thing. and okay. then the second thing to understand is it is all a game it is all a game and um, Sana Kumaras uh, channeled through me a couple of years ago a very poignant message. And it's in the book, but I, I, this one phrase that he said was so profound that it's stuck in my brain. Okay. And he said, um, the game is over when there are no more players. Will you be the first to leave or the last? Meaning, are you going to get it that or are happened. you going to not? Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if, if I want to get off all my sins, because I've done some stupid stuff in my lifetime, right? We all have. Right. Um, if I want to get out of all that stuff. Then I got to let you out too. You see? And so I got to stop, as you have defined, stop judging. And when right. I stop judging everyone else, I've stepped out of the game. Right. That means I get to go play in the new game. And right. the new game is a lot more fun. Okay. But it does mean that we can't hold a grudge. We have to give up our desire for vengeance. You right. know, and there's some horrific crimes. You know, I have had some pretty horrific crimes done to me. Mm -hmm. And so has lots of other people. So I'm not trying to minimize those crimes because right. I've been there, believe me. Right. What right. I want to say about it, though, is we have to look at that and say, that was then, this is now. 
I am choosing to let that say over there. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here and play this game. You know, like that movie Kevin Costner did, you know, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that. Thank you. Yeah. Because, well, because it's been really hard for me to understand, but you explained it perfectly. And that makes total sense. And I've learned, believe it or not, I'm not perfect, but I've learned not to judge because I realized that since I've done this work, that everybody is here to learn different lessons. And so you don't know what lesson that other person is here to learn. So you can't judge their path. And you may be surprised that some of them are here to help you learn something. Right. And that they're a good guy too. And they just are the ones that agreed to be the bad guy because somebody had to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's exactly true. You know, a lot of times we don't wake up until something really creepy happens. And then yeah. we're going, okay, fine, I'm going to step up. Yeah. No, the thing I... is, and this is the thing that's most important out of all of this. Is when you start deciding that everybody's got a good agenda, when you decide that I am going to send only love, I'm going to send only kindness, and I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, be optimal and compassionate. Right. Yeah. Compassionate. Yeah. I get that back. I get that back tenfold in overflow abundance, you know? Mm-hmm. People give me opportunities. I get, um, I get financial benefit. I, um, I have, you know, upgrades when I wasn't expecting it. All yeah. kinds of yummy things happened to me. Yeah. And one time when I was with my mother and she had taken me to a nice hotel in Hawaii and she said, I, you know, I, I didn't get the room with the view because we have the view in my lanai. So I, but I wanted you to have this nice experience. So we're staying at this fancy hotel mm-hmm. and there was somebody smoking in the lanai next to us. And I called and they said, well, let me see what we can do. The guy wouldn't move. And so they said, well, would you let us move you? And I said, sure, why not? They put us in a suite on the top floor. We had, <laughs> we had all the, all the accoutrements of, you know, the, the very highest yeah. capacity, you know, and yeah. it was yeah. lovely. And my mother said, you know how you do this? And I said, this stuff happens to me all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there's so much to talk about um, in this book because I, I learned so much from this book. It's really good. Thanks for writing it. No wonder you won an award um, for this one, Maureen. Um, it was easy to read. I want to say that to the audience. It was easy to understand, easy to read. It wasn't weird. It made a lot of sense to me. So thank you. It really helped. And um, at the end of the book, you write a code of ethics and, you know, I'm a real estate broker and this reminds me of our code of ethics, you know, that you'll do the right thing. And I love that you put this in the book because you tell people the ethical things to do before they uh, try to access the records. Yes. Not only that, but, you know, anybody who trains with me, I ask them to take that on as part of their own responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so important. You know, and also at the end of the book, you talk about time and the Lords of time and the time matrix. Can you talk about that real quick? I'm really fascinated with time and letting time go. Can you talk about that whole concept? Because I, I'm like you, I'm very fascinated by time and I often Uh, I went for years and years and years without ever using an alarm clock and made every flight, you know, I was flying away every Friday morning somewhere else, you know, and I was working a full-time job and and a lot of things going on, but I didn't miss a flight. And one day when I was teaching in in China, I sat down to give a channeled message and I thought I was teaching about manifestation and um, certain ways to operate in manifestation. And when I, 
opened my mouth, I was stunned because I had never heard of this group. And they said in such a passionate way, it wasn't me. We are the Lords of time. And then they just proceeded to explain a bunch of stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm fully conscious. So I'm a conscious channel and I'm thinking, Whoa, that is so cool. So what I now understand is time, as they say, is a construct. That means it's an overlay and we can step out of time if we don't want to follow the rules. Um, but you do it proactively. You don't just drop out of time completely because then you'd get probably going to a same style, right? Right. Because we use time as a marker, but time doesn't exist anywhere else. So it's an opportunity to play with time and expand time or compress time. Right. And I have done both successfully. I've done that too. And I've, I, I hate to, I'm going to say this. Um, I did this years ago when I was in my car and I was late to an appointment, except I would just say angels. I would always ask the angels can get me there on time. And no matter what, no matter how late I was, I got there on time mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a matter of asking. And you know, part of it is, part of it's just believing that it's possible. Right. And not doubting, you know, just asking and boom, you slip right through. You literally slip through a portal. So think of time. If we think of time as a string. Right. Then what we're doing is we're meeting the string in a new place and the loop is below us and we don't have to traverse that part. Okay. I've also read in other books that when you kind of, when you let go of time, the aging process stops, slows down. Oh yeah. Well, that's true. And not only that, you know, we women were so vain. I include I myself. In- okay. I include I'm like myself. I'm 10 years younger. <laughs> Go ahead, well, I, I do a couple of things. I always do in the fall, I always do an anti-aging thing because there's this whole ritual that, you know, when the, when a certain full moon leans back into the earth, you know, it actually bridges the loop of time and it does make you younger. But um, there's also a, um, a um, aging um, DNA uh, loop that was disconnected by those beings that didn't want us to, you know, evolve too fast. And so they cut it off. So we have this automatic um, repair capacity and we can call it in and turn it on. And I talk about that in the book, waking up in 5d. Yeah. So you can, um, turn on your anti-aging DNA and it helps your body repair better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Hey, listen, um, we're getting ready to, uh, to get out of here for today and I want to talk to you some more, but I guess we're out of time. I'm so happy you came to visit us on the high road. And, you know, I think it's interesting. I want to say this before we go, that you go to China and that you teach so many people how to access their higher selves. And I think it's wonderful that you do this work, Maureen. Thank you. Thank you. It's a real pleasure and it's a real joy to work with the Chinese people. It is a whole other world. I it bet. is a whole other world. What would you like to leave us with today with all the crazy unrest going on in the world today? Any advice for us? I always like to invite people to say a little prayer, and that is I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with because that sets the stage for you to have an optimal day. It helps you step up when you need to step up, and it helps the people that come in contact with you to benefit as well and right. meditate meditate every day if you can and you know i have tons of meditations on my website that's one of the things i'm really good at and they're all guided meditations. so if you've got monkey mind 
use the guided meditations and I always have something free. So, you know, go to my blog, read my blog, get the freebie. Each one that changes. All right, cool. Great. Thank you. Hey, you guys, get her book. It's called Opening the Akashic Records, Meet Your Record Keepers, and Discover Your Soul Purpose by Maureen J. St. Germain. Maureen, thanks so much for visiting us on the high road today. This is Nancy Urell, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Hey, you guys, join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week, and know that by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. Yeah.